0: Welcome to Voices in Health Law, the podcast of the American Bar Association Health Law Section. I'm your host, Andy Dimitrio. I'm a senior counsel at Hush Blackwell in Los Angeles, California, and I'm a former chair of the section. Today, I'm very pleased to have a special conversation with Adrian Dresovic from Michigan, who is the incoming chair of the Health Law Section and will formally take office at the conclusion of this year's ABA Annual Meeting in August. Adrian, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, and thank you, Andy, for having me here today. Uh, welcome, everyone. And my name is Adrian Dresovich, and I am a healthcare attorney. I've been practicing for over twenty years. I'm located in the Greater Detroit area. Started a firm in 2009 called the Health Law Partners. I'm one of the founders, and we have approximately thirteen attorneys and i've been actively involved in the aba for probably around 15 15 years so at least within the health law section
0: so adrian talk a little bit about your path to the leadership of the section and you know what positions have you held in the past and at what point did you really decide that this is something you wanted to commit to to eventually become the section chair
1: Sure. So the way I started was I was working at a health law firm, and one of the partners at that firm was very active at the time in the health law section, and had asked me to help out with some editing, some publications for for him. And so I started working behind the scenes, and I started working more and more on articles. And then one day, somebody from the ABA health law section called me up and asked me if I wanted to be part of the eSource publication and be on the editorial board. So I jumped at that opportunity. I thought that would be a really neat way to get involved with the section. I was with a healthcare boutique firm that was very involved with the section and encouraged participation. So I was on the editorial board for the eSource for several years and editing articles and just learning more about the section and eventually made my way to chair eSource and then was kind of always in the publications part of the section and made my way from e-source and then was asked to work on the publications committee. And I did that for a few years and eventually became the chair of publications. And that's when we started the What Is series. So kind of fundamental health law series of short practical books. Did that for several years And then I was asked to be part of one of the live conferences. So our section has three live conferences, one of them being the Physician Legal Issues Conference in Chicago that's held every year. And I started becoming very involved in that committee and made my way to chair of that section. And so this whole time I was very actively involved and I started realizing how great it was to network with everyone and the friendships that developed and the contacts that develop of folks that you can reach out to when you kind of have an issue that you want to talk through, maybe something of first impression, maybe something that you just want, you know, to talk to somebody more experienced in the area. So that's when I really started thinking about, I really want to become more and more involved and I would see council members and thought I would love to be on council one day. And so I continued to take every role that was offered to me and I would take several at a time. And eventually, I was asked to be on council. I was elected to be on council, and still actively always was on other committees, like the physician legal issues. And I knew at that point, I really wanted to become an officer. And the opportunity arose for me to be the budget officer elect, which I never thought I would originally wanted to do. But it was an opportunity for me to stay very involved. As you know, that council members, some of them move on to be officers and some of them roll off. And I knew that that's something I would really love to lead one.
0: And that's great. And your, your experience actually reflects a major change that has occurred in the history of the section. Back in the early days, when I was first getting involved in the late 90s and early 2000s, there wasn't a very big leap between people who were in a volunteer position and getting on the council and then eventually potentially becoming the chair. But now people who are moving up within the section often have done multiple jobs, as you've done, Mm -hmm. and had good experience dealing with a variety of different contextual issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important in having strong leadership, because now you have a background in a lot of different disciplines. It's not just very narrow, and suddenly you were plucked out of a committee to serve on the council. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about What you see as the major issues facing the section in this upcoming year for you and what initiatives you intend to pursue as a chair?
1: Sure. So I think it's what a lot of organizations are experiencing right now, and that's declines in membership, right? There's only so much money to go around and firms paying for memberships. So it's continuing to to attract members and, and retain members, just in terms of the membership itself, and then also in terms of attending the live conferences or even CLE. That's been a challenge for many different organizations. So how can we get people to come to see our content, to actually attend the live conferences? And I think with the conferences to me what's really important we have, we've always had i think in our section great content right i don't think that's ever been the problem it's sometimes it's getting folks there are the marketing associated with But I think one thing I wanna focus on are the relationships that folks have when they come together in person. And those are invaluable. And that, that starts off even for associates, they meet different people from around the country that they have common interests with, that they can utilize to bounce things off of if they need to refer a case out. So it's always nice when you have clients that need an attorney in a different area or a different part of the country and you have this whole network of people that you can refer your clients to and feel in good hands. And so I think trying to show the members the value of kind of being in person and developing those relationships is one aspect. Part of dealing with declining membership is also working on continuation of the collaboration, which is something the section has done for a few years. And it started with uh, Clay Countryman's cheer years, really looking at collaboration in terms of collaborating within the section itself with all the different you know, interest groups and committees, but also with bigger ABA and the different sections of ABA. There's with common synergies there. And then outside organizations that are strategically work well with healthcare attorneys, but maybe aren't attorneys. And we can maybe pull numbers in that way or get our members involved with providing content and getting our content out to a whole group of other folks. And we've
0: talked about that some, uh, you know, affiliations with the HMFA, we've had a long relationship with Chicago Medical Society, Mm -hmm. and and I think it's an important point that we should continue to foster those relationships. And again, make it a two-way street, allow their members under our tent and vice versa, What do you see as as some of the challenges out there on the policy front that we're gonna be focusing on?
1: So, without getting to the specifics on policy, I think some of the challenges are to provide valuable information to our members without dividing our members. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. we have a lot of hot topics right now, right? And so one of the things that we've done um, with the section when Dobbs came out, was to have a Dobbs Task Force that was really focused on making sure that we provided content that was usable to the attorneys that practice in healthcare, and to do that in a way that's non-divisive, because I think that can be a challenge, mm-hmm. right? Anytime you're dealing with policy sure. initiatives, making sure that we're providing information that our members need to, in order to service their clients
0: and it's yeah. not really advocacy and no. that's been an important thing that the yeah. section has largely refrained from yeah. is any kind of public advocacy. We, we do have to deal with the House of Delegates, yes. and they can do their own course, but you're right, the mission of the section is more of an honest broker that is, you know, tracking developments and providing content that people can use. Yes. Beyond Dobbs, though, what do you see as big issues? I mean, there's there's yes. obviously changes in enforcement yes. policy, big development in the area of False Claims yes. Act.
1: I think a big issue, obviously, is going to be AI in healthcare, right? AI in general, and we're hearing all about that, but particularly in healthcare, and I know that talking to the incoming chair of the larger ABA, that's going to be a big focus and initiative. And she's already asked us to start identifying individuals within our section that can help contribute to issues involving AI with healthcare.
0: Yeah, you're right. We're going to see a lot more of that. Recently saw where one of the companies that is doing uh, staffing with physicians, and they're actually using AI to help the physicians document their patient charts based on historically what the physician has done. They'll use certain prompts, and then it will generate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure that's the best idea.
1: (laughs) Documenting. And you know, the payers may have an issue with that as we might have to defend um, some audits or license cases associated with that.
0: Right, right. Well, you've got a good leadership team behind you, too. And maybe you could talk for a minute about your your key officers and what you see them doing.
1: Yeah, so we've had great leaders, you know, as, as you know, every year when we come, we're at the leadership meeting right now, and we have so many great leaders, and they're carefully selected, right? People that fit certain roles, but demonstrate different qualities. We have a great team. So the chair lap this year will be Matt Fisher, who many of you may be listening today know, and he brings something different to the table. He's young, and he's very savvy with technology. And so he's always teaching us how to stay ahead and really market to the younger members and get new members and all the techie things. So he's very, very helpful. We have Lisa Taylor, who is an officer and she provides such valuable insight. She's always very helpful with the ethics and professionalism committee. She's somebody that always contributes, very smart. We have David Bogan, who's a new officer and he's an in-house counsel. So it brings a different perspective. So we have people from all over the country with in-house. We have external counsel. Matt Fisher's also in-house counsel, which I think is important all perspectives. And then we have our budget officer, Denise Glass, who's steady and helps us with our finances. Just the great team, Kathy Poppett, who's the chair this year that will be the past chair, always has helped us and has had a positive attitude this whole year. And so I'm hoping that she continues stay involved. And I
0: know she will. Well, that's great. So coming up is, a, is an important year. We've got a couple of big anniversaries on things that have been longtime section initiatives. It's going to be the 20th year for the Washington Health Law Summit and the 25th year for the Emerging Issues Conference, which is going to be in New Orleans in, in April of 24. So why don't you take a minute maybe and reflect on the importance of those. And you've been you know a presenter at those programs yes. and, and been actively involved in them.
1: Yeah, and so the Washington Health Law Summit is something unique to the health law section, which really focuses on policy and getting government speakers, which all the attorneys and in-house counsel, everyone wants to hear what the government has to say. And over the last several years at that conference, we've had people from the Hill come and speak. We have Politico speaking. We also may have opportunities for members to actually go to the Hill and have sessions. So it's, I think it's a very unique conference. It's held every year in DC in the same hotel. And something I think we'll, we'll have to work on um, doing some fun marketing. And then EMI has been such a special conference with all the emerging issues that occur in healthcare. So they're starting to plan that now, but things can change because we have some new things that may come out. Very dynamic. As you said, we're going to be in, in New Orleans, the JW Marriott for from the, from all the action, we always have a great golf tournament every year that I have to mention, the Margarita Cup. So anybody that's involved in the section that likes to golf, you have to come to EMI. But again, we'll probably do some kind of campaign, letting everyone know that the 25th anniversary is, is coming up.
0: Well, that's great. Well, it's it's been wonderful having you take a few minutes to share some thoughts. Any closing comments you want to make for people in the section?
1: Well, let me thank you, Andy, because you're a former chair that has stayed involved in the section and helped all the leaders and continue to help all the leaders by giving us guidance and continuing to mentor us. So thank you for that. Everyone that's been involved seems to continue to stay involved, which is thinks is a lot for our section. And we hope that anybody that wants to get more involved can always email me. Our email one of the other council members or officers. If you're interested in something, let us know, and we can help get you involved in the section.
0: Great. Well, Adrian, again, thank you for your time today. We were delighted to, to have you share some insights. And the importance of these podcasts is a way of communicating with our members and, and, and really staying in touch on, on topical um, interests of, of issues. And we encourage our listeners to continue to look for our podcasts on the various devices that they have, and we have audio recordings of these always available. With that, I'm Andy Dimitriou. I'm your host, and this has been Voices in Health Law. The Health Law section would like to thank our premier sponsors for making today's podcast possible. Five-star premier sponsor, AAA, four-star premier sponsors, BRG and VMG Health, and three-star premier sponsors, Pinnacle Health.